0: hey hey everybody and welcome back to 60 seconds of seminary the podcast look y'all if you follow me on my story if you don't anderson underscore live you guys know that i have been so busy with this new course i'm taking in seminary for the summer called greek the new testament and it has been whooping our butts do you hear me I am so used to being able to put together our 60 Seconds of Seminary videos, which take a lot more time than doing a podcast. But I said that, you know what, the listeners of 60 Seconds of Seminary, they've got to get some type of content so that I don't just leave them hanging um, since I've come out of seminary for the springtime and entered into this Greek season. But I wanted to share with you guys, uh, what the Lord has placed on my heart and I actually just ministered this particular from this particular subject this morning for a conference call that was in preparation for a ministry assignment that I have in Texas next weekend. And it came or comes from the topic of revival. You guys know I love revival, um, the topic of revival, but it's more so focused on the times that we are in. When you look on Instagram, when you scroll on social media, it's so easy just to dive into a world of the injustices, the police brutality, the discrimination, And sometimes we can get defeated and feel discouraged and just feel downright defenseless. Uh, So today we're going to come from a scripture that I believe is going to give us some prophetic insight for where we are in terms of how we can respond to what's happening in these United States. So let's dive in to 60 seconds of seminary. So the scripture that we're going to be coming from is very familiar. It's 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, and it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, somebody say, and turn, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land, if my people. So this is a conditionary statement, meaning that we've got something we have to do on our part in order for the rest of this contract to be fulfilled, if my people. Okay. And so I believe this is a prophetic picture of what it's going to take for us to see the type of revival and transformation that our land needs, especially these United States. As I mentioned before, when you scroll through social media, when you just tune into the news, you can really get discouraged about some of the things that we see today. There are notable cases of police brutality where we've got uh, black men being gunned down in such heinous manners from by the police. We've also got injustices against uh, minorities thinking about the border wall and how there's been children that have died. I believe there's eight cases so far where eight children have died at the border under the patrol of the United States under the care of the United States. And it is just sad. And it sometimes feels like you know, you can feel hopeless, like there is nothing, or what can we do? I'm so tired of creating hashtag pray for so-and-so, hashtag such-and-such, you know, it's like what posture can we get into to eliminate these sorrowful hashtags that really show us that instead of going into our prayer closet the first thing we did when we had a reaction was gone, went to social media and social media is great. We're going to talk about that too. Social media is wonderful, but when your first response is to post rather than pray, we have a problem, Houston, no pun intended. Cause I'll be preaching there next, <laughs> next weekend. But when I think about all of these heinous acts and the unearthing of wickedness and evil that is really beginning to uh, be exposed in the United States that are really showing some of the things that were already under the surface. I also think about how we are seeing uh, the likeness of the opposite. We are also beginning to see great movements, great uh, on the side of justice when it comes to things like women being silenced for years over their abuse. You look at movements like Mute R. Kelly or Me Too or even the Black Lives Matter movements where they are beginning to bring bring upon vengeance or even justice for the undue brutality the undue discrimination the undue violence that was uh impressed upon these people groups these uh genders and these specific, specific uh people of color and so while there has been an emergence of you know just in, in a criminality injustice discrimination we've also beginning to see a rise in these movements that have really vindicated some of these people I know you guys have seen when they see us and if you haven't let me tell you I had to force my husband through it because I feel that it is extremely important that as black men we watch what has happened what is happening and the potential has the potential to happen to not just we ourselves but our brothers and so I think that it is a responsibility we have to to educate ourselves even when it is uncomfortable. So, you think about when they see us, and the uh, which talked about the case of the Central Park Five, and how now, um, not only did they get a 42 million dollar settlement when it initially came out that they were innocent, but the folks, y'all, the people, black Twitter, uh, uh, the people that are rallying around black lives matter and other injustice, a cause for injustice, they uh, were a where they were able to get him more money, get them more money than the $42 million that they initially were offered. Isn't that crazy? I think it was like 3.9 million. Don't go fact checking, but it was definitely over a couple million dollars more that they were able to get. There was also the. The per, uh the woman on the case, the prosecutor, she was she was forced to resign at Columbia Law as a professor because black law students there would not allow it. They were not having it. So what I'm saying is that we are also beginning to see great voices, great leaders, great, uh great gifts begin to rise up and take a stand against these huge acts that are seeming to really begin to bud themselves. And so I would like to suggest this part to you, what we see unfolding before our eyes in the natural, I believe it is a prophetic representation of what is taking place in the kingdom of God. What do I mean? There's a shift happening, y'all. There is a shift. There is a changing of the guards. There is something that is being shaken up and we see it happening in the earth. It's also happening in the kingdom of God. I think about some of the emerging false teachings and doctrines that have been going around. For example, teachings that are heretical concerning hell, whether there is a hell, homosexuality, whether it's right or wrong. Things like that that are very common, but there's a lot more just, you know, elusive topics on doctrine that people are trying to beat into the heads of those that don't study their word. I talk about this in one of my my sermons called Progressive, which speaks about progressive Christianity and how it hides behind the guise of liberalism. Well, it's really this elusive thing, elusive, vague doctrine that allows people to live the way they want to say that the Bible is not the inerrant, infallible word of God. And so we have to beware of false teachings, false doctrines, and false prophets apostles that will rise up and try to preach a gospel that does not belong to jesus christ that did not come from the word of god but at the same time even though we see a trend in these types of teachings we are also beginning to see a rise in apostolic voices prophetic voices great gifts for the advancement of the kingdom of god so the same shift you guys that we see happening in the earth today We are also witnessing in the church. We are also witnessing in the kingdom of God. What does this shift mean? How do we explain this phenomenon? What is it? I would like to believe that it is a surefire sign that revival is near, that revival is around the corner. If it's not already here in some places, you know what revival is. My apostle preaches on this all the time. He says revival has three features. It is the emergence of significant gifts. Number two, it is the resurgence of miraculous power. And number three, it is the convergence of technologies and strategies. We don't have time to break down every single one of these, but I'll just give some examples. The emergence of significant gifts like we spoke about you've got apostolic voices you've got prophetic voices you've got people like an Ava DuVernay who has been here all along Key and Peel, people in different mountains of uh, of 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 influence could be government, could be media, could be finance that are rising up on the side of justice, on the side of good, and then you got people in the kingdom again, like I stated, who are rising up with a voice, with a cry out from the wilderness, saying, "This is the way walk ye in it." And so this is the emergence of significant gifts. You're going to begin to see people that seem to be the the least likely, the unlikely, that were in the pews, being pushed to the forefront because God has. a word in their mouths. So the emergence of significant gifts. Then you have the resurgence of miraculous power. It's pretty self-explanatory. When we talk about the resurgence of miraculous power, it means that the things that we saw in in the days of old, where Lazarus is raised from the dead, where limbs are growing back, where healing is manifesting just from a, a prayer cloth, we are going to begin to see greater works than these. That was God's promise to us. We We are going to begin to see these happenings occur more frequently. I know we hear about them here and there, a little here, a little there, but we're going to see a frequency and uh, a, a resurgence of miraculous power where it becomes our new normal. And then lastly, you have the convergence of technologies and strategies when I think about this, I like to think about the millennial generation, which is like uh, being reared up in an information age where we had access to information, to our, our cell phones, to technology at a very, very early age, not as early as generation X coming behind us, but you know, the types of technologies and strategies we can use to actually advance the kingdom, like a Netflix documentary that gets people to resign and gets justice. Um, Another thing could be, Um, uh, instead of a documentary, just having a podcast. I think about um, Sean King, who uses his platform to speak out against injustices? And y'all, listen, it works. And so these types of technologies and strategies, bringing light in places of darkness, bringing justice in places of uh, of discrimination and crime, these are things that the kingdom of God will employ, will uh, will allow us to use in order to converge with the kingdom of God and advance it in order to expel the plan of the enemy. So when we talk about revival, these are some of the three features that uh, we we begin to see as a sign of revival, the emergence of significant gifts, gifts, the resurgence of miraculous power and the convergence of technologies and strategies. Now let's deal with one for the sake of time, the emergence of significant gifts. Number 1, I want you to be of the mindset that you are a significant gift. That what you have, whether you have discovered it or not, is significant, it is for a purpose, it is for a time, it is for a season such as now, such as this, and you are born to be an answer. The reason why you are the one that always looks to something and say and figures out that there's a problem or something agitates you the most, or you just your disorder bothers you, you know, you're nitpicky about some things. Why it stands out to you over everyone else is because you're called to be the answer to that particular area. You're called to be the solution to that particular mountain. You are called to be an answer and someone that solves a problem in the earth. I want you to say that to yourself. I may not be able to hear you, but you can hear you. You. God can hear you. Say, I am a significant gift. I am. A significant gift. You know, in the past, we have looked to government, we've looked to authority, we've looked to clergymen and women to be the solution, to be the answer to our problems. We've gone to them for help, and this is all great. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm telling you, God is raising up the least likely. God is raising up answers from places where we felt the questions should have been coming from. Because It's time out for church. It's time out for politics. It's time out for the injustices. God is about to tip the scales and a great turning is happening. Think it not strange. We have already begun to see a rise in apostolic ministry and apostolic gifts. You know, the apostle is one who is sent where there is chaos in order for him or her to set order. Not only does the apostle set order, but the the apostle advances the church forward. They are trailblazers. We need this now more than ever. You know, there is an apostolic principle that is embedded in John 3, 16. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe on him will not perish, but see everlasting life. What does that mean? Whenever there is chaos and disorder, God loved the world. And because of the chaos and disorder that was set here, he sent his son. Sent means uh, the word apostolos, which means apostle. He sent. His son, Jesus was on an apostolic mention, mission. The church, the first church, apostolic call was its original design. Every time someone is sent, every time we see the apostolic rising, every time we see God sending solutions, it is because chaos and order disorder have tried to take over and order his order, God's order, God's restructuring of the cosmos, the system, the universe that he set up for the way that it should have intended, intentionally be uh, originally intended to be designed. The way that the order and structure of this earth was supposed to uh, form and function for the advancement of the kingdom. He will send his sons, his apostles, his uh, His people, his men and women of God called out and chosen for such a time as this to establish order. This is why we cannot be afraid. We can't feel discouraged about the injustices of our day. We can't look around and feel hopeless. Like we don't have a solution. Like we don't have an answer because guess what? God has already sent solutions. And you are part of the answer. He has made treasure in each and every earthen vessel. We just have to understand the mystery to unlock it and how to access it and wield it so that we can be the answer to a problem of our time. So what role do we play in this shift that's about to take place? Well, the Bible says, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Number one, we must turn. Somebody say turn. Turn. I can't say this enough. Turn is actually rooted in one of my favorite Greek words, metanoia, which means to repent. When we turn, we turn our mindset. We turn our heart posture. We turn our behavior. And it aligns with the perfect will of God, with what he originally designed and intended for us and for our lives. It is going to begin with a turning seeing healing in the land seeing one of the greatest revivals that our that our time is set for is going to require the foundation of repentance or metanoia turning you know my spiritual father often is quoted saying when man turns it's called repentance. You know, we turn, it's because we're turning from our wicked ways. It's because we're turning from our behaviors. We're turning away from the old and heading into a direction that is uh, that is new and that is in alignment with his kingdom. Then he says, when God turns, it's called Revelation. We see this all throughout the Bible. Jesus, uh, or excuse me, God revealing himself in the beginning as uh, 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 the God who is Elohim, God who creates Uh, God revealing himself as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides God revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha, God healer. Whenever God begins to turn and show himself a new side, a new revelation for us is revealed and released. So when God turns, it's called revelation. But I always like to add something to this equation and say that when both turn, when man and God turn, it's called revival. When we turn our hearts into a posture of repentance, when God begins to turn and show a new side, then we are it it is revealed to us another level of power like we could have never imagined. Because not only are our mindsets prepared to receive it, but our mindsets, our new heart posture is prepared to sustain it. So when both turn, it is called revival. So how do we turn with the times? Because the times are certainly turning, whether we like it or not. A shift is happening, a changing of the guards, a passing of the baton, a releasing of the mantle. Times are turning. Turning with the times is going to require all of the Second Chronicles 7 and 14 principles. Humbling ourselves, praying, seeking the face of God, and Turning from our wicked ways. These are the prerequisites, according to the scripture, in order for God to hear from heaven and heal the land. How long ago? How often, how frequently, how or how long was it ago when you decided, you know, I'm going to be intentional about humbling myself, being submitted, having someone that I I trust and I'm accountable to, having a covenant partner, being planted in the church. When was the last time you checked your heart posture and remained teachable? When was the last time that your prayer life was fluid, where you began to pray and seek the face of God early in the morning, like Abraham, or even uh, solidify your prayer watch woken up between the three and six hour woken up uh, before between the 12 and three hour when was the last time you had a regimen of seeking out the face of God even in worship lifting your hands soaking allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you afresh and renew your strength being led and guided by him into all truth and when was the last time you led a life of turning Paul said, I die daily, that in this flesh there is no good thing. We all must maintain a posture and heart of repentance, if not just for ourselves, on behalf of this nation, on behalf of these United States, on behalf of the administration, on behalf of the government, on behalf of our families, and surely on behalf of ourselves, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So as you prepare for your day, Wherever you are listening to this, you could be on your way to work. You could be tuning in before you go to school or you just chilling for the day. I want you to take on the burden, the mindset that a turning is happening, that a shift is happening and that you will be a part of the solution that God brings in order to restore and heal the land and bring about revival. And guess what? As you turn your ear toward him, as you turn your heart towards him, you will never have to fear again the destruction of the day. And you'll never have to fear missing out on what God is doing right now in this generation, because he wants you to be a part of it. And you have turned in his direction. So you can't miss him. I want to pray with you that you will continue to maintain a heart posture towards God, that you would just continue to pour yourself out in such a way that there's nothing left, that humility is there, that prayer is there, prayer without ceasing, the revelation of, of walking with God like Enoch, so that you are knit with him, knit with his heart. God, I pray that for any person under the sound of my voice, you would just begin to pour out your spirit upon them as you promised you would do in the last days, that whether they are young or old, Man or woman, son or daughter, you will begin to pour out your spirit that they may begin to walk in the gifts of your spirit, begin to see the manifestation of your love, the manifestation of your will, the manifestation of your promises, not just in this nation, not just in this country, not just for this generation, but even in their lives. God, I pray that you will renew their mind, that you will renew their heart, that you will renew in them a right spirit, God, that they will go after you with a hunger and thirst. Thirst that is insatiable. Father, I pray that you will fill them up. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, according to your word, shall be filled. Fill them up after this word today, God. Fill them up, Lord, so that they would be like deers that pant after the water brook, so would pant their soul for thee, oh God, let them long for you, let them hunger for you, so that when revival comes, because we know it's already here, when revival shows up at their door, when revival shows up in their city, when revival shows up in their family, they would not only be able to receive it, but to sustain it and spread it throughout their lives, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of 60 Seconds of Seminary, the podcast. You guys know I missed you dearly. And as always, I want you to be on the lookout for new content. I'm excited to share some surprises I have about this Greek course that I'm taking as soon as I finish it, because y'all know I love to share what I get from seminary with you. As always, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe this podcast with your friends, neighbors, family all of that good stuff so that we can keep it rolling. Until next time, hear you soon.